This is Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Bob Johnston, and you're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio, 89.5 FM and 92.5 FM in good old McLean County in Bloomington Normal, 88.3 in Pontiac, 97.1 in Lincoln, 89.1 in DeKalb Sycamore, and 89.3 in Morris Joliet, covering much of central and also northern Illinois, soon to be in Rockford and uh, growing, thanks to you. We're going to have a great show for you today. I'm here with my wife, Lynn. Uh, Remember, we are always brought to you by you, and without you, we wouldn't be able to present this show or EWTN, so your donations count, and anything that you can donate is always appreciated, large or small. And uh, if you would like to make a donation, you can go to our website, and that's catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's catholicspiritradio.com, and it'll tell you more about us, and it will also tell you how to make a donation. You can also call us at 309-807-2427. Again, that's 309-807-2427 if you'd like to give us a call. But the website will give you all the information that you need and make it very easy for you to make a donation. So go there and find out more about us and see what you can do. Uh, I'm here with my wife, Lynn, as I said. We're going to finish uh, our topic integralism today and and get that done. And before we start, I'm going to turn this over to my wife and see what she has to say. Hello out there. Kind of wet, isn't it? I bet the farmers and the rest of us should be very happy. They really need this soaking rain. Bob is going to talk about integralism having to do with Ukraine, though. And Ukraine and Russia are really battling it out. And I wanted to just point out, in Fatima, the Blessed Virgin Mary called for people to repent from their sins and to have the bishops, in conjun- all the bishops in the world, in conjunction with the Pope, consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And she said if that would happen, communism would be stopped and Russia, she could use Russia as an instrument in converting the war. Well, it's really debatable really whether it was constitutional the consecration was really taking place as she had asked for. But she had also asked for people to do the first Saturdays of the month, five consecutive Saturdays of the month, for people to go to Mass and receive the sacraments in reparation for the sins of the world. Now, not, I don't think that's very well known. People don't do it. You, we went yesterday because it was uh, first Friday. Well, this is the first Saturday. I don't think that it's been publicized all that great the first Saturdays. So take it as it is. But Mary saw what was going to happen. Russia was going to spread her her uh, errors in the teaching of communism and that it would be used by, Russia could be used as a way of uh, pers- not persecuting, uh, a way of disciplining the people of the world because they were so sinful that Russia could 
cause a big war and many people would die and there'd be much suffering. So we should be praying. We should be more aware of that. So turn this over to Bob and he can talk about Ukraine and Russia and whatever else. I think that uh, what you said is of great interest. Uh, the fact is, is that uh, I think we need as a nation to rediscover the transcendent and rediscover the supernatural and understand that everything is not material and that uh, religion is not simply a personal opinion that is equal to all other personal opinions and something to be kept uh, within the confines of the church and the confines of the home. It's something to inject into our culture, and it's something to inject uh, into uh, our government, uh, and that is what integralism is really all about. Uh, we have a country that champions freedom of religion. I pointed out that there really is no such thing and can't be any such thing as totally total freedom of religion, but there is such a thing as you can have a country which is not against religion, but in effect confines religion to the private and separates religion so much from the state and confines it so much to the walls of the church or the walls of the home or simply to the opinion of each individual that religion really has nothing to do with how we live our lives or how it affects the world around us. And uh, this is what uh, integralism intends to change. And so that's what we'll talk about very briefly, and then I want to talk about the politics of Ukraine a little bit because it has a lot to do with integralism, with what's going on. But at any rate, uh, last week uh, we read an article by Richard Legutko, and he's a professor of philosophy at Jagiellonian University in Krakow, Poland, and the article was written about three years ago, and uh, we talked about the fact that uh, Legutko uh, characterize the modern state that, that has taken a turn uh, uh, with a over liberalism with a toxic version of liberalism that has turned into a mirror image of sanity and also a mirror image of Christianity and has become a very toxic force in our society. And it divides society into the oppressed and the oppressors, and it opposes every form of both Christian and secular tradition. It's anti-transcendent, and it demands that all that is supernatural be squeezed out of religion uh, and religious belief as superstition, and uh, all opposition to illiberalism, some to liberalism, and especially this kind of liberalism, is somehow illicit. And this is what. Uh, Legetko was talking about, and this is what we did last week. Uh, it talks about the fact that uh, modern liberalism uses derision and often physical coercion to dominate all other viewpoints. It has taken over the media, the educational system, and the arts uh, to propagandize and coerce people even further. It has developed a Marxist doctrine that any threat to liberalism anywhere is a threat to liberalism everywhere. And this is what the communists used to say uh, in Russia, the Soviet Union, that a threat to communism anywhere is a threat to communism everywhere. And the same doctrine seems to be used by our modern liberals. And it uses American foreign policy and outright war to extend its uh, uh, dominance, such as in Ukraine, and, and as, as we'll soon see here in the, in the next segment. It's uh, accusations of oppressors, 
and thought crimes are legion. Uh, it invents one oppression after another, racism, sexism, Islamophobia, homophobia, whiteness, whiteism, Eurocentrism, binarism, transphobia, ageism. This is just to name a few new crimes and new enemies. And these new crimes and new enemies spring up like mushrooms on damp ground. And uh, it's a form of secularized post-Protestantism, really. We live in a not only a post-Christian nation, but this nation has pretty much been a Protestant nation. Our founder, founding fathers were Protestant for the most part. And uh, it's a, a form of secularized post-Protestantism after mainstream Protestantism has succeeded in driving out all the transcendent and supernaturalism from Christianity. And uh, mainstream Protestantism has to plead guilty to this because this is really a lot of what it has done. And uh, it's uh, driven at from Christianity as superstition, and it's replaced it with politics of social justice, such as the civil rights movement and so forth. There's a lot of mainstream Protestantism that simply use the churches as a rallying point for various political and social movements. And uh, a lot of that has gotten transferred over into secularism, and uh, secularism has become, in effect, sort of a an imitation uh, uh, religious movement. Uh, at any rate, uh, a lot of Catholics have caved into the same thing and have become sort of Protestantism, Protestant in their outlook that somehow religion is a personal opinion and is to be kept out of uh, politics and is kept to be kept out of the state and kept out of government. And uh, Catholics go along with this. Uh, but anyway, the reaction to this has been uh, on the part of uh, some Catholics, integralism. And that is the advocacy of Catholic principles to be adopted in the government and law and uh, uh, proposed as an alternative to liberalism. And this is what integralism is. And I'll just name some of the things that the integralism might do. Uh, integralism could be a means of restoring natural law. We have actually replaced natural law with positive law. And natural law is based on the idea that all things have a God-given essence that identifies their being and their uniqueness. And, uh, for example, human nature, for example, you know, has a specific essence and a, a specific being. It's not infinitely malleable, and it can't become infinitely everything. There's such a thing as maleness and femaleness. There's such a thing as treeness, for example, and so forth. And uh, there are abstractions and... Uh, there's a philosophy called nominalism that denies this, that says, you know, these, these abstractions aren't real. And in the real world, there's no such thing as maleness, femaleness, or treeness, and so forth. Uh, that's, those are just ideas invented by our mind as shortcuts uh, to talking about things that, uh, for example, uh, a nominalist would say there's every kind of individual tree, and every single individual tree is different from every other tree, and yet we classify all these things together just as a convenience. But simply, that is not true. In fact, you can't even speak or make any sense of anything without the abstracting things out. In fact, that's what language is for, and that's what human beings are able to do that animals are not able to do, is abstract uh, from various specific things, general ideas and general things. 
from looking at specific trees, we can extract the idea uh, of a abstract out the idea of a tree, for example, and so on. At any rate, uh, our law has uh, dropped the, uh, the whole idea of natural law, of there being some things that are intrinsically good and some things that are intrinsically bad or evil, and uh, simply uh, says that uh, whatever we make as law is simply law by the very fact that we do it and that there's nothing further behind it. Uh, I can't get into a lot of these things more deeply than this at this time, and I've talked about them before. But the fact is, is that integralism would reintroduce all of these things back into our law and back into government. Uh, it would also bring back in the idea of concupiscence. Uh, and I think our Constitution was based on the idea of John Locke that uh, people are blank slates, and of course we know simply that that's not true. Uh, people have a nature, and that human nature has a tendency. It's not totally depra- depraved, as some of the Protestant teaching says, but it has a tendency to do the wrong thing and to go downhill, to take the shortcut, and there are certain virtuous principles that need to be followed to overcome that. And the Catholic Church has identified those principles over thousands of years and uh, understands uh, human nature uh, and has countered human nature by, of course, the teachings of Jesus Christ and uh, the idea of something transcendent over and above uh, the natural, where we get some of the uh, transcendent ideas that our minds are in contact with, that in effect our minds are to a certain extent in contact with God, and that we do understand that there's a deeper significance and meaning to things than just what we see around us in the material. So, uh we have to understand as Catholics that any country, in any country or state, everything can't be included. There are certain things that are intrinsically wrong, intrinsically evil, and they simply cannot be incorporated and included. And uh, the idea of wokeism, that everything can be included, is simply not true. And if we really look at wokeism under the you know light of reason, wokeism is actually more exclusive than Catholicism. It, it, it claims that it can't tolerate intolerance, and then intolerance simply becomes anything that it disagrees with. And so uh, we also have to look back at the past and see that Catholicism worked. And so it's, uh, and then we have uh, some of the arguments against uh, in- integralism. Uh, I read one in uh, the uh, uh, National Review. Uh, the January 23 issue, there's an article in there about uh, say no to integralism, to neo-integralism is what the article says, no to neo-integralism. And uh, the refutation, it says that uh, integralism conflates liberalism with uh, American constitutionalism and republicanism, that they're not the same thing. They may not be the same thing, but we went over a lot of this, and our Constitution has led us right into actually uh, a rejection of the transcendent and a rejection of religion as simply a a uh, personal opinion among many personal opinions, and uh, it really has nothing to do with the state. So our Constitution really, in effect, has ruled religion right out of the public square and and, and assigned it to a you know the, the behind the closed doors of the church or in the closed doors of the home or to be carried out personally in a person's head or heart, but not really to be injected into the public. 
and uh, a lot of the founders were pretty much the deists or atheists of their day. And uh, Jefferson himself, for example, he d- did not recognize Jesus Christ as uh, being transcendent. He recognized Jesus Christ as only being a great teacher and a great man. Uh, they charge integralism as saying that only baptized Christians can be citizens, and some integralists do say that, but that's not necessary. Certainly, everybody doesn't have to be a Catholic. What everybody would have to do is agree to obey some of the Catholic principles that are injected into the law, and uh, certainly some of the laws we have now are far uh, further away from people and further away from their willing to, willingness to obey than they ever would be uh, by adopting Catholic uh, principles. In fact, Protestants took many of the Catholic principles with them when they left Catholicism, and uh, our government, in effect, really was a de facto Christian government. If it wasn't de jure, if it wasn't governed by law, it was government uh, de facto as Christian. But by the very fact that we have ruled Christian as some Christianity and religion as simply a personal opinion, those uh, things have died and fallen away, and we're becoming more and more materialistic and more and more secular. And this is what integralism would uh, uh, oppose. And we're going to talk here in the next section about the politics of Ukraine and use it to show that there is, in effect, a, a uh, opposition in the Soviet and Russia from the Soviet Union and in America today that still exists, whereas Russia is, has taken the stand for conventional morality and the old conventional uh, bourgeois ideas of moralism and retained them. And actually, America, in its supposedly freedom of religion, has actually given them up and has pushed the, the, the atheism of wokeism. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. I was debating an atheist online who said, Chris, you believing in God is like a kid coming down on Christmas morning, seeing presents under his tree, and saying, oh, look, presents, there must be a Santa. I replied, really? Because you not believing in God is like a kid coming down on Christmas morning, seeing presents under his tree, and saying, oh, look, presents, they must have exploded themselves here. (laughs) No child has ever been that crazy. Now, a kid might get the identity of the gift giver wrong, but when he sees presents under the tree, he knows they didn't put themselves there. Likewise, everything made of matter has a source or an origin outside of itself, from your chair to your morning coffee to you. Have you ever stopped to consider that the universe is something made of matter? It had to come from something outside of itself that had the power to create a universe. The Big Bang did not Big Bang itself. There is a God. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in blooming to normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. 
Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're back from our break. We're talking about integralism, and we talked a little bit about last week uh, and what the the article by uh, Rizard Legetko said about modern liberalism, the fact that it's a, a toxic liberalism that divides the world into the oppressed and oppressors, and uh, it has become something that is actually destroying our civilization and, and destroying uh, the whole idea of the transcendent and the idea of the religious and uh, turning people into uh, the either the oppressed or the oppressors against each other and putting itself sort of in an elite position to do all the pronouncing as to who uh, is uh, to be uh, persecuted and to, to who is to, to be uh, considered on the right side of history. And so we've talked a little bit about that. Now we're going to go into uh, an article called The Politics of Ukraine. And uh, it is about uh, some of the same issues that are going on between the United States and Russia in the uh, war going on in Ukraine. But before we start, uh, since we'll be talking about Russia and we'll be talking about the United States and the turn it's taking along these liberal lines. My wife has something further to say about the role that Russia would play uh, in the modern world. Okay. What I was trying to say earlier unsuccessfully was that Mary, when she appeared in Fatima in 1917, said that if the world did not change its ways and did not consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, God was going to use Russia as the che- as a chastisement for the sins of the world. It's just as simple as that, but I couldn't get it out. Okay, Bob, go ahead. Yes, and the fact is, is that, you know, Russia has become, again, you know, sort of a, a it was at first, of course, uh, very important in the Cold War. And now, again, we have this situation in Ukraine that seems to be growing uh, stronger and uh, more polarized. And so uh, we're going to talk about the politics of you, the theopolitics of Ukraine, meaning that uh, it's not just a political situation in Ukraine, but also a theological situation in Ukraine that is going on. And we should understand that. And it has a lot to do with the liberalism of today and the integralism that I'm talking about here that could be used to oppose it. It says here, the article is by uh, Matthew Del Santo, and he's an associate professor of church history and dogmatics at St. Patrick's Seminary and University in Menlo Park, California, and an executive director of the Simone Wheel Center for Political Philosophy. And a longer version of his essay appeared in the magazine Telos, uh, the winter uh, issue 201, winter 2022. 
It's, he says here, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Patriarch Kirill of Moscow have claimed that Russia's so-called special operation is needed to defend the wider Ruski Mur, the Russian world. By this term, they mean the orthodoxy-based Russian language civilization that Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus share, which they see as under assault by the secularized anti-civilization of the West. If Russia had failed to intervene, gay parades, they said, would sooner or later unfold in the mother of Russian cities, Kiev. Thus, by their argument, the military measures taken to prevent Ukraine's integration into NATO and the EU are justifiable actions necessary to save Orthodox civilization from Westernization and secularization symbolized by the rainbow flag flown atop American embassies. And the White House. Russian claims that the war in Ukraine has a cultural and spiritual dimension have been met with disdain. Even conservative commentators and critics of secularization take it as axiomatic that the Russians are engaging in propaganda when they invoke cultural, spiritual justification for the war. Russian motives are indistinguishable from those of the old Soviet Union, they argue. Perhaps Putin is indeed cynical in his evocation of spiritual values. Even so, it does not follow that the prevailing Western reading of the conflict, one that takes for granted that the war is devoid of religious meaning, is correct. Does anyone imagine that Ukraine's successful integration into the European Atlantic world would not lead to greater secularization? Who is naive enough to think that such an evolution would be natural rather than imposed by the West? The cases of Hungary and Poland show that Washington and Brussels are quick to punish any resistance to secular progressivism. And I mentioned before that Legetko's article uh, about uh, liberalism, and you know, written from Poland and from the university he teaches there, was written three years ago. And since that time, Poland has become more and more westernized, and more and more uh, woke wokeism prevails there. Uh, whatever the proportions of cynicism and sincerity may be, the Russian spokesmen are saying something that should be obvious to us all. Westernization means secularization. Indeed, the war seems to have accelerated the westernization of Ukraine, suggesting that if the goal was to prevent westernization, Putin's recourse to military means may have backfired. A recent piece in Time reports, in a war that is widely regarded as a fight between liberal democracy and authoritarianism, Many Ukrainians see the move towards greater equality and inclusivity as part and parcel of its shifting orientation towards Europe and the West. In other words, because Ukraine is having to fight Russia, it in effect is attacking the Russian defense of the old order, just as the United States has done the same thing in attacking Russia during the Cold War. Here we were, a country that believed in freedom of religion, attacking a country that was supposedly atheist, but the atheistic country, in order to oppose the United States, actually retained the old 19th century bourgeois morality 
that uh, we used to have at one time as well. According to some reports, support for gay marriage in Ukraine has doubled since the Russian invasion. A bill to legalize same-sex partnerships by a constitutional amendment is before the Ukrainian parliament. A push to change attitudes about transgenderism is also afoot. So these things are happening even though Russia is opposing them, and maybe they're happening even more because Russia is opposing them, unfortunately. But the point is is that uh, they would have happened anyway had we taken over Ukraine and pushed uh, the westernization uh, into Ukraine and pushed NATO towards or into Ukraine as well. And Putin understood this and reacted to it. Why? Why should Ukraine's alliance with the West have such dramatic cultural consequences, all of which point toward an embrace of the secular progressive agenda? The Italian Catholic philosopher of history, Augusto del Nos, 1910 to 1989, helps us frame an answer. In del Nos's analysis, the events of the 20th century and I would add of the 21st, are best understood as the political enactment of the atheistic conclusions of 19th century philosophy from Kant to Marx and Nietzsche. In the Soviet Union, the notion of a quasi-sacred telos sustained a moral cultural imagination that was open to older authorities. After a brief period of experimentation in the early 1920s, Sexual morality in the Soviet Union reverted to 19th century bourgeois norms. And in our country, of course, it it moved forward, dropping those norms. By the time Del Nos was writing in the 1960s, the moral puritanism of the Eastern Bloc was evident. What Western progressives had regarded as the land of the future in the 1920s and 1930s seemed retrograde compared to the liberations unfolding in the West. Thus, the sexual revolution, inaugurated in the 1960s, was for Del Nos the moment when the consequences of the atheistic conclusions of 19th century philosophy, already adopted by the Western intelligentsia before World War II, were extended to the general population. By the late 1960s, The West had outdone the Soviet Union in realizing the truth that there are no sacred authorities and that we ought to be free to live as we please. In other words, wokeism was developing in the West already by the intelligentsia before World War II. And of course, after World War II, it really came into existence. Wherever the Occidental heresy is introduced, and when we use the word Occidental heresy here, we're talking about uh, modernism, what uh, uh, Hilaire Belloc called the modern heresy, the idea that the religion and the transcendental is just simply a personal opinion. And uh, at any rate, we'll go again here. Whatever the Occidental heresy, wherever the Occidental heresy is introduced, The true in itself and the good in itself, that is, the permanent values, are denied. And thus, religion, metaphysics, and morality in the traditional sense are destroyed. Indeed, in a society secularized by Occidentalism, not only is there no longer any tradition, but every expression, uh, 
novel, show, and so forth is made meaningful only by the intensity of novelty with which it denies some traditional value. The goal is to ensure that there is nothing that can be handed down, no more fatherland or family. Del Nose wrote these words in 1970, and since then the West has gone a long way toward vindicating his analysis. And it is true. In other words, tradition has been attacked. Christ actually charged his uh, disciples with going out into the world and teaching everything that I have commanded you. And the Catholic Church has handed down that teaching tradition from Christ to the apostles, from the apostles to their, their, de- to their descendants, right on down to our time. But that tradition is especially being rejected. And, uh, of course, a lot of it was rejected by mainstream Protestantism and a lot of uh, more uh, fundamental and uh, evangelical Protestantism is in some ways trying to bring it back. But they become also uh, split on these issues as well and also a lot of times degenerate back into the secular as well as many Catholics who leave the church and uh, degenerate back into the secular by contrast, Del Nos regarded Russian civilization, even in its Soviet form, as the last bastion of the sacral mindset in the field of politics. As he put it in his 1970 essay, The Death of the Sacred, every young man knows by heart all possible disquisitions about Russian imperialism. Every intellectual keeps saying that by now we have entered the age of homo progressivus, and that the demythalization is a sign of our maturity. Supposedly, Russia's historical delay is due to the fact of its being, in part, still under the spell of myths. But Del Nose held that in order to live well, we need to be under the spell of myths, and the task of reason is to discern which myths are true. This task has a political dimension. The idea of the holy city as an ordering center, Del Nos argued, is essential for affirming the reality of the sacred. And if we read uh, St. Augustine, we get a lot of this in St. Augustine's City of God. Uh, But in his lifetime, the West, obeying the atheist conclusions of 19th century philosophy, had jettisoned any notion of an ordering center for society. The success of the project of secularization in the West gave rise to the greatest paradox of contemporary history, and that, Del Nos explains, is the paradox where Russia's official atheism guards an explicitly sacral myth. The apparently non-atheist West can resist Russian imperialism only by offering a more extreme form of secularization in the form of a Western democracy that is devoid of the sacred. So in some great paradox, Russia became the preserver of the sacred and the United States became the attacker of the sacred. Both trying to attack each other ended up doing this. Given both the accelerated secularization of Western society since the 1970s and the public revival of orthodoxy in Russia since the fall of the Soviet Union, the historical philosophical values assigned by Del Noce to Russian and Western civilization have become only more pronounced. Put simply, 
The West holds that only secularized societies are good societies. As Del Nos might have predicted, this judgment underwrites the efforts of the West to extend the logic of atheism to Ukraine. And that's, in effect, what we are doing. During the war, Ukraine is actually coming over to our side simply because they have to oppose Russia, and Russia stands for the old order. And so the people in Ukraine take a stand against Russia, and in doing so, take a stand against the old order and actually are giving up a lot of their Russian you know, older order theological beliefs in favor of the wokeism of the West. And it goes on here, Exhibit A, the U.S.-Ukraine Charter on Strategic Partnership was signed in Washington, D.C. in November 2021. The partnership entails Ukraine's full integration into European and Euro-Atlantic institutions. And, of course, Putin and Russia are very aware of what that charter says. The charter was the proximate cause of the Russian invasion. The military dimension of the partnership was an obvious provocation. The United States pledged to maximize Ukraine's status as a NATO-enhanced opportunities partner. This was a warning flag to Russia. This maximization would be achieved by the United States' promotion of interoperability, while Ukraine promised to modernize its defense uh, acquisition processes, that is, buy more American weapons to advance its Euro-Atlantic aspirations. It would begin to change from the old order more to the new order of the European Union and the United States. But the strategic partnership entails more than military cooperation. The Charter also affirms the logic and methods of secularization. In Section 3, the United States again declares its intention to integrate Ukraine fully into European and Euro-Atlantic structures. The integration takes a cultural turn. Point 5 commits Ukraine to advancing respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms in accordance with international commitments and obligations, as well as fighting racism, xenophobia, anti-Semitism, and discrimination, including against Roma and members of the LGBTQ-plus communities, in effect, in a way, flying the rainbow flag. So we're going to have to stop here and take a break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. We're the hosts of More to Life. For us, Catholic Radio is something that draws us together into conversations that can be at times difficult, but when directed by charity, become positively impactful. That's why we're so glad you're participating in your own way. By listening right now, let everyone else know about this jewel you have found. Please invite others into this work that the Holy Spirit is already doing. Invite them to listen. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org.
Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're talking about integralism, and we're reading from an article here about the theopolitical uh, ideas of the the politics, the theopolitics, that is, of Ukraine, and how in the, the Russia sees the United States as advancing the progressive liberal, or what we would call the woke cause, into all the countries that uh, it advances NATO toward. And the Russians see this in Ukraine, and they saw this as, in effect, a red flag of pushing the whole uh, woke idea of the West into what Russians would consider some of their territory, and especially Kiev, one of the, the mother cities of Russia. And I see this as an effort of uh, the United States to start pushing this kind of policy into Russia itself and maybe overturning the government there and uh, the whole idea of uh, Russia as a unique and independent nation in the world. And uh, the the strategic partnership we're going on here talking about this article, the strategic partnership is predicated on the conviction that these goods, that is wokeism in effect, cannot be secured apart from the Occidental heresy. And the Occidental heresy, of course, is what uh, Hilaire Belloc, uh, back in the early part of the 20th century, uh, labeled as the modern heresy. That is uh, the whole idea of secularism, secular progressivism, and the idea of religion being simply a personal opinion being confined to the walls of the church or to the uh, walls of the home or the inside of each individual's head and not something that is to be allowed out into the public square. It says, given our shared cultural heritage, if a strategic partnership between the United States and Ukraine requires a moral, moral framework, why should the partners not invoke the Platonic universals, Aristotelian natural law, or the principles of the Sermon on the Mount. In other words, these are Catholic principles, originally Catholic principles. Aristotle was considered the philosopher by the Catholic Church back in the time of Christ and the the time of the early apostles. And the answer to that question, why uh, the the, uh, our cultural heritage can't be based on these universals, Aristotelian, Platonic, and natural law, or the principle of the Sermon on the Mount, the answer is obvious. Such a framework would not sufficiently westernize Ukraine because the whole idea of westernization is to abandon the religious for the progressive, secular, materialistic liberal. In the present global structure, it is imperative for the United States to make Ukraine into something distinct from and more secular than its Russian neighbor. NBC quotes Edward Reese, a non-binary communications officer with Kiev Pride, who says that when Ukrainians see that homophobia, transphobia, sexism, racism are Russian values, they understand that they want don't want have don't want have any don't want to have anything in common with Russia. In other words, these at one time were their values. And now they are adopting the Western values, which are actually uh, the opposite of those. 
Again, the war seems to have accelerated Ukraine's embrace of Western secularization. Having now entered the Ukrainian body politic, uh, gender will doubtless work its way through law and social norms with the same relentless logic it has followed in the United States. And we can be sure that the Western governments and NGOs will work hard to attain this outcome. One of the things of this outcome is for the progressive left for liberalism to deny the, 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 the movie The Sound of Freedom, which shows that there are, is a tremendous traffic of, of children, both in Mexico and also uh, in the United States. And at one time, liberalism would have agreed with this, and now liberalism disagrees with this and pretends that The Sound of Freedom is simply you know, a, 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 uh, a fiction and is not really true, simply because liberalism has advanced to the point where they are actually defending pedophiles as being some of the oppressed class and the people who oppose them as the oppressors, and therefore they have to deny the harmful effects of pedophilia and pretend that there really isn't any trafficking in children going on and that pedophiles really aren't doing such things. This is how far wokeism has rejected the Christian norms. And uh, these kinds of things are, you know, are called to attention by Putin and by the, the people in Russia who are sticking to the old order of morality. Some will object that Del Noza's representation of the West is too monolithic, too dependent on a single logic of secularization. Are there not many individuals and groups in the West who agitate for reform of aspects of public policy in line with the claims of traditional religion, not least this magazine? This objection misunderstands the nature of secularization. To paraphrase the American Orthodox theologian Alexander Schmenon, secularization is not merely to deny the existence of God or obstruct the practice of religion. It is also, and more profoundly, to confine God to the practice of religion. In other words, religion is the practice of religion is confined to the walls of the church and the walls of the home and to the individual, and then God is then confined to religion. In effect, then God, even though in effect allowed by secular liberalism, is kept out of the worldly society and uh, kept out of any place in history and kept out of anything to do with government and anything to do with the law. So the fact is, is that freedom of religion has come to mean actually the restriction of religion in the United States. As Schmemann puts it, original sin is not primarily that man has disobeyed God. The sin is that he has ceased to be hungry for him and for him alone, ceased to see his whole life depending on the whole world as a sacrament of communion with God. In other words, God is simply taken out of society and confined simply to the religious milieu, which is apart from the world itself. To put it another way, we might say that any political philosophy that does not take Plato seriously or Aristotle seriously 
will end up reproducing secularization. The Paulists must be referred analogically to God. We need, we need a myth of the holy city that serves as an ideal template for public life. And I think he's talking here about St. Augustine in the city of God. Otherwise, our political reflection will be reduced to the imminent categories of human mind or will alone. And what he means by imminent here is that things that are confined to this world or to human uh, humanism itself. This reduction to the purely imminent, that is secularization to the purely human, obtains even if the polis respects religion and marks off a private domain in which adherents may practice it. And that's exactly what our Constitution really has done. Uh, it has actually protected the state from religion, and that is exactly what Jefferson and Madison intended it to do. They wanted their state protected from religion. They weren't worried about religion being protected from the state. And they did this by, in effect, saying that all religions are equal, that the religious belief is simply a matter of private opinion, and it is to be uh, cordoned off from the state itself. It says, The clash of East and West puts an urgent question before those who believe in God and therefore in the existence of a transcendent order of the good, the true, and the beautiful. How can Western democracy once again be infused with a sense of the sacred? How can we reframe the myth of the West's holy city? What are the terms and foundations of the sacred polis that should illuminate and inform our society raising our common life above concerns about material prosperity and making our freedom more than mere license. And the integralists are saying that integralism can do that kind of restoration and that it's needed and necessary uh, in the West if the West is to survive in our civilization, which was built in effect by the Catholic Church and built by integrating Catholic principles into the law if that's not restored, our civilization is going to collapse. It was built by the church, and it will not exist without the foundation of the church. It says here, Beware laments that the resacralization of Western civilization is unfeasible, impractical, or inexpedient. And this is exactly what the refutation of integralism takes into consideration. It, it says that it's simply unfeasible to reintroduce uh, the principles of Christianity or Catholicism back into the liberalism of the day. It says that it's impractical, and it says that it's inexpedient. And, of course, uh, some people who are in favor, in effect, of uh, integralism in one way say that uh, if integralism is is uh, to reinduce integralism back into our society, we would have to be uh, as coercive as the uh, liberals are. And uh, they rejected on that basis that it can't be coercive. But the fact is, is that our constitution certainly is coercive. Our law certainly is coercive. And our religion and our Christian principles have been coerced out of society. And there certainly is going to be some coercive practicality in bringing them back into society. So integralists would disagree with that position. It says, uh, such Laments confirm the progressive conceit that history uh, 
history's judgment in favor of secularization is irreversible. But these are judgments that are rendered on the basis of sort of a scientific look at things uh, as if uh, progressivism is following some kind of historical policy and process that is immutable and irreversible and uh, the integralists look at things from more a practical or a sort of engineering type of situation in which people step into the process of history and actually act and do things to change it and uh, make it different and actually reverse it, that, that human beings are not simply pawns that are subject to, this was a communist idea, this was a Marxist idea, that somehow there's a historical process, that it's inevitable, and that it moves along a certain line, and it's futile to oppose it, and that uh, a certain result will happen no matter what. That didn't happen with communism, and it doesn't have to happen with progressivism either. People can step into history. In fact, uh, this is the whole idea of great leadership, such as Jesus Christ, for example, steps into history and actually changes history and points it into a brand new direction that never would have happened without the hero stepping in. And integralism looks at the world and what is happening along those lines rather than some kind of inevitable philosophy that can't be opposed. We should have no illusions about the ways in which political power can abuse the sacred in pursuit of its own ends. But let us not overlook Russia's achievements in the 21st century. Russian culture identifies a spiritual goal and norm for public life, the earthly counterpart of the holy city, and its name is not infrequently invoked in public discourse, Holy Rus. And this is what the Putin ostensibly is defending. He, he may be cynical and maybe Putin himself uh, doesn't believe that. But the fact is, is this is what he is doing. And this is what is part of Russia's history and should be part of what our history is also. In this regard, Russian culture is closer to the truth than is the West all too rigorous political atheism. And somehow we have come to believe that that atheism and the progressivism behind it is irreversible and that heroes can't step in and change things and integralists disagree with that idea. Uh, but as men and women of faith, let us not be so foolish as to imagine that we have nothing to learn from our adversary. So Russia may be wrong in many ways. Uh, the war is cruel and certainly the people in Ukraine uh, are, don't deserve what is happening to them. But nevertheless, maybe this is playing out and this disaster is happening because the West has forgotten what its real source of uh, uh, what it was. Really, foundation. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I shouldn't say foundation because exactly. that's not I shouldn't exactly say it's true. Real, it's foundation. You're right. We have forgotten that the foundation of the West was Christianity and basically, of that Christianity, it was the Catholic Church that built Western civilization. So, That's exactly right. At any rate— And uh, if anything, in this time period, we really need prayer. Please pray for peace. 
We need that, and we need, again, to, to not be ashamed to be Christians out in the real world. I want to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about the fact that uh, there are a lot of Christian institutions, both in the Catholic Church and in other Christian church, churches that are separate and apart from the government, and that can be alternatives to government services. And though if our civilization is collapsing, and it well may be, we have to take this consideration if civilizations do collapse, that those organizations can be a springboard to restoring the actual Christian civilization of the West and can serve as the seeds of a, a new civilization and society. And we need to cultivate those, and we need to tell the people who are involved in those things, especially in the Catholic Church and the parishes, how important their job really is. It's not just a service to the church uh, locally itself, but it can be actually a springboard for civilization to be restored. And that has actually worked in the opposition to communism uh, in the European uh, countries. So uh, we'll do that next week. In the meantime, we'll have to close our our program. So St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection protection against against the wickedness wickedness and snares of the the devil. devil. May God God rebuke him, we humbly pray. pray. And And do do thou, Prince Prince of the the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. If you'd like to contact Bob, email bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Catholic Spirit Radio relies on your support to bring programming like this and EWTN 24 hours a day. Please help keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air with your generous support. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or send a donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. That's Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Catholic Spirit Radio is a 501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio 